Welcome to the family and the Tom Bernard podcast with Adrian's number one fan, Dave Schrader. (laughs) Dave's number one fan, Adrian Washington. (laughs) (laughs) No, where are you going to go, Andy? Uh, No one's number one fan. Andy's got nowhere to go. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, we'll be right back. Chris Shaver will join us. The couple's whisper how to avoid the three fights in every relationship. Have you guys already had your three fights? The three of you? Nope. Today. We don't know what they're <laughs> <doing. laughs> Just today is about say, Nope, I don't yeah. fight. I just, she yeah. wins. No, I, you're right. Good move. <laughs> Very smart. We'll be right back with Chris Shaver right after this. Tommy, do you guys read a lot of poetry on the queue? You mean like, there once was a man from Nantucket? No, more like T.S. Eliot. April is the cruelest month, breeding lilacs out of the dead land, mixing memory and desire, stirring dull roots with spring rain. Dougie, what's wrong? You a little sad? No, other than the weather, nothing's wrong. In fact, in the Walzer world, Coon Rapids and Burnsville finished number one and two in the state of Minnesota. J-Lo finally beat Dan Resch. Wow, that's pretty cool. Is it okay if I take all the credit? Well, I'd expect nothing less. Actually, we've got great inventory of some great vehicles, and these short-term leases are perfect for people who can't get the brands that they want. You told me about those. You can drive a new Nissan for as little as 18 months, and by then the chips will be aplenty. That's it exactly. We hope by then you'll be a Walzer Nissan convert. For great deals from the motor sales leaders, go to Burnsville or Coon Rapids Nissan. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my my question is, you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Hey, this is Brian Zepp. Summer is finally here, and if you're like me, you've got some serious riding planned. Make sure you and your motorcycle are good to go with Dennis Kirk. Whatever you ride, Harley, Indian, metric cruiser, or sport bike, you'll find what you need at Dennis Kirk. 160,000 parts and accessories in stock, clothing and helmets, too. Order before 8 p.m., and they ship the same day. Plus, shipping is free for orders over 89 bucks. Follow Zepp's lead and head to DennisKirk.com. They ship today. Is that Dave Schrader playing the guitar? He's shredding. I'm ripping, as we He's call it. He's shredding, man. No, shredding. I yeah. was just asked a question. Whatever it, came up, it is. It came up on the morning show, but I was just asked a question. I'll pass it on to you guys. Maybe you have the answer. Because there's a new Pinocchio coming out, right? Yes. You know that there's there a new is? Pinocchio yeah. movie nope. coming out? I didn't know that. Tom Hanks oh. is Geppetto. Yep. He's, yeah. He plays Live Geppetto. Live action. He's going to do the accent? He's going to do no, the accent. he's not actually. Oh, I thought they said he is There was no it. way they would let no. him do Oh, the... no, you know what? He does the accent in the Elvis movie. Right, yeah, he because, does. Because uh, Colonel, Colonel Tom, Tom Parker yeah. was from where? Andy? He was Dutch. Dutch, yeah, yeah he, was, he was Dutch. But... Uh, and they're still open game. We can so still yeah, make, we fun, can of make fun of the Dutch all we want. <laughs> so Pinocchio's coming out. Wooden shoes. <laughs> so all morning long, I was getting text messages from listeners, and I just got another one just now. So Pinocchio, when his nose gets bigger, do his boogers get bigger too? <laughs> like really? That sounds this like is... something my kids would have. Exactly. Ask. So basically, that's my audience right there. Very childish. <laughs> I like it. The nose goes out to here. But once again. How did they get away with that? Because any kid, when he saw that nose grow, was like, well, it's just his penis. I mean, it's a penis thing. Tom, I think this is saying much more about you than I was going to say, Tom. I don't, I don't think as a listeners. kid I've ever thought that, Tom. No, and no, I didn't either yeah. until my filthy listeners <laughs> <laughs> jumped in. Uh, ladies you caught on pretty fast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the couple's whisper, Chris Shaver. How you doing, Chris? 
Tom, I am good. I don't know how I can follow that. <laughs> oh, we got a lot to talk about with, with you. So, so that's not following. That's not going to be a problem at all. How to avoid the three fights in every relationship? Now, my wife and I don't fight a whole lot. We're not big fighters. I don't know that we ever were, to tell you the truth. That's not to say, Chris, that she doesn't get sick of my crap. There's no doubt about it. Oh, so, she definitely does. Thank you. Thanks for your help in that. I want you to jump in. Would you get that, Andy? Uh, in any case, so Chris, what's it all about? Well, you know, you had me on before, and yes. uh, I wanted to pick up where we where we ended off. You probably don't remember, but you were telling me the story about when your ratings went through the yeah. roof. Yep. And you were Icarus flying too close to the sun. Yep. And you were kind of having panic attacks. Mm-hmm. That's true. And yeah. So I'm a, I'm a you would call me a, an expert in behavioral psychology, and so I, I've been thinking about that since. Um, and one of the things, I, I'm a certified Berkman consultant, and Berkman measures 22 pairs of opposite beha- behaviors, and those are the behaviors that can tear relationships apart. Oh, But one excellent. of them, very hidden in your story, actually, because there's, there's this thing that we do where we, we have a sense of ourselves, and we think it's, it's a scale that Berkman can measure, and it's called, you, you know, how highly you think about yourself. And you compare it to how, how highly or lowly you think about other people. Mm-hmm. And most think more highly of ourselves than we do of others, right? So you find yourself up there flying very close to the sun. And you know, because you're a radio guy, that that's too high. Your wings are going to melt. Yes, it, eventually. You, nobody, can, nobody can sustain those numbers. Correct. Right? So your body interprets that... Uh, and and so now now you're you you've reached that pinnacle where you it's probably as highly as you thought of yourself as a radio guy. I'm pretty good. I can do anything. But then you get there and you're like, holy crap! There's only down from here. <laughs> that's exactly right, too. That's exactly right? right. Yep. Right. So that's and and your and your body takes that as serious as a heart attack. Like you start to you know it's. it's it's, it's almost, it feels like a life-threatening moment to you, like you're hyperventilating. I mean, how bad did it get? It got, it's interesting because uh, literally, I, I do remember the day, too, they got a call from the Wall Street Journal. Just out of the blue, they called me. I said, you know, I answered my phone. They said, this is blah, blah, blah from the Wall Street Journal. I said, how you doing? Nice talking. He goes, may I ask you a question? And I said, yeah, sure. What's that? And he says, did you know that you now have the highest rated morning show in all of America? And I almost hung up on him. I did. It's like, I don't want to hear this because it's just going to be more and more. Because the problem is management never sees number one as enough. It's got to be bigger and bigger. And I mean, we got a 30 share at one time. Now, in a major market to have a 30 share, they were making millions of dollars. I mean, it was unbelievable. And you, you know, you rose up, and then since then, you know, radio's not what it, well, what it was 15, 20 years ago anyway. It's not anywhere near as big as it used to be, and it's getting smaller by the day. I would guess radio's probably only got about another five to ten years at the most. I would say five years would do it because people can listen to whatever they want, whenever they want to listen to it uh, on the Internet, right? They can just hop on digital, and they're good to go. So... Part of that I do understand, but but that whole thing, what I always feared, because you're going to drop off. I mean, the show's been on the air for 37 years now. So you think you can maintain a 30 share for 37 years? Because if you think you can, you're wrong. Um, I mean, it's great. It, it, the show's still going well and all the rest of it. And, you know, we're going to make some changes uh, in the future I'll be talking about. But... But, yeah, Chris, you're absolutely right about that. It's like, what do I do now? And that was what I kept asking myself. What, what the hell am I? And, as a matter of fact, I actually asked my wife. I was sitting on the floor, and she goes, why are you? You never sit on the floor. And I said, yeah. She said, well, why are you sitting on the floor? I said, Catherine, what do I do now? What am I supposed to do? <laughs> it was very tough, Chris. I will tell you, it was very, very hard. Right. So it's, it's and, and it's interesting because our bodies, interpret our minds and vice versa so sometimes you can um people have panic attacks it can be that they're feeling something strange in their body but in this case your body is now interpreting your mind because your mind is thinking there's only one way that to go and that's down and that's in essence uh 
self-threatening moment. Yourself was threatened. Yes. And it's, yep. that's a pretty invisible thing to most people unless you experience it, and then it's very real. Now, what's interesting about the 22 pairs of opposite behaviors that tear couples apart, apart is that they all, we, we have needs for one way or the other in all these opposites. And in this case, your need was to be seen as, um, as you know, you think highly of yourself, we all do, and your need was to maintain that self-image, but now that self-image is under attack. And when, the, when our needs aren't met, and whether it's our need for oxygen or our need for stable housing or stable food supply, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or in this case, stable self-image, we react, we, have, we go into stressed-out behaviors, right? And you, you told me the last time you, we, we chatted, we interviewed, um, what those stressed-out behaviors were for you, and then how they stressed out your wife. Yes, that's exactly right. Right? So it, I just thought that's very, very interesting because lots of things can happen in a marriage. Uh, half of all marriages end up in divorce. God, so, like, I'm a, I'm a guy, I'm selling this report on coupleswhisper.com where you can go and both you and your partner can take an assessment and I can show you the, the biggest mistakes you could make with each other. And those biggest mistakes become those things where you, you know, if somebody treats you a certain way, you go into those stressed out behaviors. But um, uh, it's really interesting to see it in real time because I feel like a guy who's trying to sell um, life rafts on the dock before to people who are getting on the Titanic a lot of days. Yeah, yep. Right, like nobody thinks their boat's going down. Half of all the boats are going down. <laughs> God, nobody isn't that wants a to lot buy of a life raft though. That is amazing. Because nobody yeah. needs to bring that stinking thinking, Mr. Lincoln. <laughs> <laughs> the stinking thing. No, Dave is one of those kind of guys like me, like Adrian, like Andy, have a wife that's far too good for them. So we're sitting here going, oh, no. <laughs> I told her she can't go. That's it. <laughs> we exactly. said to death do us part. One of us got to go. <laughs> <laughs> I think today that's considered terroristic threats. Yeah, I might be wrong. <laughs> but, but, Chris, the amazing thing about it is, Catherine and I have been together now for 41 years, almost 42 years. We've been married for 37 years, coming up in, uh, um, oh, my God, it might be more than that. Now come to think of it, it might be 38, coming up in July, July 7th. But I, I would say, Chris, that my, my marriage to my wife today is stronger than it's ever been because she showed the strength of getting through all of that stuff, and therefore she helped me get through all that stuff. I can't even imagine what it must be like to be like the biggest movie star in the world. I'm a local radio guy, and it was very stressful. So I want what it's like when everybody around the world knows who you are, and you have to go, boy, what if I fail in front of all these people? Well, let me tell you, Tom. For my- <laughs> <laughs> let me tell you how that works, Tom. Yeah, great. As the host of a relatively failing paranormal TV show, seen by at least one-third of one-third of the populace. It's tough, man. Chris, how do people like that get by? And, and famous people who marry one another, that hardly ever... Well, right now we're going through the Amber Heard-Johnny Depp deal, and that didn't work out too well. And it, it's really funny about that, Mr. Shaver, is it always comes down to poop. Have you ever noticed? It's like, what? It's very childish, very very one- or two-year-old, something like that. It, it's amazing. What's your take well, on that, you know, boy? Uh, what the research shows is that... It, the couples know they have troubles for six years before they seek help. Oh, okay. Six years. So by the time by the time you're in a in a hotel room and your wife is throwing vodka bottles at you, <laughs> that's get out of my head, Chris! Get out of my head. <laughs> exactly. I mean, Johnny Johnny Depp's talking about having his finger taken off by a vodka bottle being thrown at him, and I'm like, I don't even know the physics of that, but. Just, <laughs> That's a bad scene, however that happens. Yeah, no doubt. No, no. Catherine and I have never thrown things at one another. I'm really, I really appreciate that. I mean, there, were, there have been rough patches, but she, like I said, i, I got to give her full credit. She handled it so well, it was unbelievable. She's a very loving person. Don't you think, Andy? Your mother's a very loving person. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, a lot. Boy, what an endorsement! What am I going to say? What an endorsement! Yeah, I suppose. No, I, guess. I don't. No, I don't think my mother's nice at all. As a matter of fact, but yeah, I mean, it, what's so amazing about that, uh, Chris, is the fact that that 
that's what everybody strives for. And I don't care if it's, you know, a man and a woman, two men, two women, whatever. You strive to find that loved one that you think the world of. We all do that, I think. Why does it not work half the time, Chris? We just do, do both sides not give enough? Does one side not give it? How does that work? Well, I think there's two, let's let's say that uh, if you leave aside abuse, any kind of abuse, right, or right, beating on each other, or doing the tragic mistakes that you just you know you're just throwing your relationship out the window. If I, what I've what I've seen and I see repeatedly, I've been helping couples for over ten years now. Is there's really two things. One is it's kind of like you you said up front. You know, Catherine gets tired of my my crap, and and it can be worse than that because it can be like if you get a pebble in your shoe and you're walking, you know, it's not you haven't gone a block before you're like, man, my I feel like I, I'm, I'm bleeding out of my heel here. Right. I can stop and take my shoe off, and that's a lot the way a lot of the way it goes. It can go with couples and behavior. It's like you meet somebody, you fall in love, and it's great and then the, you know the grating annoying thing uh just it's worse and worse and worse and so number one couples don't have the language to say if you could do this instead of that i mean i'm talking about these 22 pairs of opposite behaviors so it's really like if you could do it this way instead of that way a little bit yeah. you'd really be helping me out here like if you're way too direct to me and i need you to come at me a little softer don't be so direct don't be so abrupt go a little easier on me I mean, that's the kind of language that you get when you take my assessment, the Berkman assessment. It's not mine. It's the Berkman assessment. And you get this report. The other one that I saw with my own parents, I'm 12 years old, upstairs in my bedroom, reading Peaceful Household, Loving Household. All of a sudden, I hear screaming. Never heard screaming before. And come downstairs. We just moved into this place. My parents, unbeknownst to each of them, had independently run up credit card debt and year was 1969 they're five grand in debt in one month and which was a lot of money back then yeah absolutely yep yeah right so um you buy a new car for five grand in 1969 Mm -hmm. so and they started screaming at each other tom that was the biggest mistake they could make with with each other it was how they spoke to each other and their relationship never recovered. They stayed together, honestly, for the next 65 years, whatever it was, stayed together. The love went out of the building that day. God. So the reason that I chose the report to come to market with as the first report is how to to avoid making the biggest mistakes you can make with each other is really meaningful because they are the places you don't want to go to when you're under stress, when it's the worst it's going to get. And every couple will experience that somewhere, someplace, sometime. You're going to have one of those moments, and it's like, should I go there? And the answer, you know, if you see it in black and white, you understand why you shouldn't go there. Uh, I give you language to understand what you should do instead. It's, those are the things to avoid because it's, it's either one or the other. You're going to wear each other out, or you're going to say or do something at some point you're going to regret and not be able to recover from. People don't think they'll ever get there, but half of all the relationships in the U.S. end that way. They end badly. God, it still amazes me that 50% of people get divorced. I, I think not a lot of people marry for love. Oh, I want to hear more about that. What do you mean? I just, I don't know, man. Like, being in love with my wife, like, still, I think there's a lot of marriages that, you know, some of them are business. Some of them are just, you'll be a good wife i'll be a good husband like i'll take care of what you need in the house like it's mm-hmm. just you know what i'm saying like they never fell in love like that's why i think too why people can be together for 25 years and all of a sudden the kids are gone and they're just like we don't even know how to talk to each other right it just yeah, right. worked out for them you know what i mean it's like they never fell in love it's like i cared about you a lot but it's like it's it's they not were more that, in love with the concept of love there and you go. having somebody right than they were with the idea of this is my partner right because if that's your partner, it's like even when the kids are involved, you're like, no, this is us. You yeah. guys got yeah. to figure it out. Yep. You know what I mean? And I don't think a lot of people do that anymore. I think a lot of people are just like, you know what? This seems like a good thing. Let's yeah. let's not, give let's give it a shot. I'm not buying that at all. I'm not buying that a little bit. I don't think anybody would spend you know ten grand for a wedding stand up there. Say I do. In front I've of seen a, people do it. <laughs> yeah, but 
and, and uh, well, there's there's a there's a couple things. So number one, if you're a child of a broken marriage, mm-hmm. uh, your ability to withstand the the kind of things that you might have to go through in a marriage is compromised because your training has been uh, poor. Let's say so because yeah. children of broken marriages have less of a chance. If you're married young, your personality kind of calcifies around the age of 24. So, but you know, if you're then you're with somebody 20 years, and you wake up one day and the kids are gone, and you all are different. You're different from who you thought you were, and you've been head down driving people to soccer games for 20 years, um, and now you're looking at each other and you don't quite recognize one another. That's another thing that you know the research is pretty clear on. But um, I, yeah, I'm sure people, I'm sure people think with their genitals uh, to fall in love. <laughs> yes. That's, very clear. That is. Um, but, but you know, saying I, I do and, and hoping to make a go of it, there are a lot of very natural, well-researched forces that are against you. <laughs> so lacking, lacking the skill set, lacking the self-awareness and the other, other's awareness is what I see time after time after time of the couples who come to me. It's weird with these pairs of opposite behaviors. Couples actually use the same word to mean the exact opposite thing <laughs> really i'm not kidding i it's love to most, hear this yeah so uh i had this with a couple um they were having trouble in being able to negotiate around decisions especially you know money decisions and the wife there's a pair of opposite behaviors the low end of the scale is your need is you see things through the lens of team all boats rise together you're willing to sacrifice for the team that was the wife and the husband both behavior and his need was uh, it's kind of what's in it for me, highly competitive individual who needed to know that you know whatever he was whatever he was giving into, there was going to be a payback for. And the wife was like, you know, we need to do this and it's for us, it's for the team. And he's like, no, I'm doing this for the team too, but this is what I need. And I said to him, so tell me how you got to that definition of the team. And he, because I said it's clearly the exact opposite of your wife, and he said I, I kind of see that. He said, but when I was a kid, growing up playing sports, what I always thought was, if I score the most points, my team will win. So, if I, you know, if it's all about if it's all about me giving the best I can get and achieving those, you know, individual awards, somehow my team always won too. So I never saw the distinction between the two. So it's that classic thing of, you know, Michael Jordan with Phil Jackson telling Michael Jordan there's no I in team, and Michael Jordan saying, yeah, but there's an I in win. Ooh, um, I like it. Right? So, but, but same exact word, exact opposite meaning. And what I had to say was, hey, y'all, there's actually three entities in the room negotiating. There's you, there's your wife, and there's your marriage. So how's the marriage going to win? And let's start negotiating for the marriage so the marriage gets the W. And that kind of reframed the conversation so now that they, he could understand. It actually reframed it for him so he could kind of understand that, you know, the, the marriage included his wife. It wasn't him against her. Right. It was right. they were all in that some way together, and it helped him reframe it. But people, and that's not the only one, that people use the exact, op, exact same word to mean opposite things all over the place. It's the Tower of Babel. It is indeed. It, basically, I was just thinking about something. When we got married, my wife was 25 and I was 32 because we did wait uh, later on in life. Like, i got to be honest with you, Chris. If I had gotten married when I was 19, 20, 21, I, there's no way my marriage would have stayed together. But, you know, being able to, to wait until I was 32 and meet a wonderful woman and she's 25 and all the rest of it, uh, when we got married, was is that a big part of why our marriage can make it through? We don't have a rocky marriage by any stretch of the imagination. We did for periods, but is that why we got through it? Because we we waited and were mature enough to get married. Is that a big yeah. part of it? Tom, I, th- I think it's not only that your personality is calcified, but you have had some time to know yourself. Yeah. So and then to know which kind of person is going to fit with you. Um, women tend to. <laughs> By and large, uh, mature faster than men. Anyway, no, but don't. I, I'm glad there are no women here, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, don't judge me, Tom. 
but just in, in general terms there, like, um, you know, like you said, at 19, you fall in love with a pretty face. Yeah. And not really have a clue, like, wow, tomorrow that's going to be rough if I'm just have to, you know, go out to lunch with that person. What am I going to say to him? <laughs> Yeah, you know, I, I, what I always think is funny too is that there, we have such different ways of communication. That, you know, when when my wife would ask me, you know, do you want uh, do you want pizza or lasagna for dinner, whatever, to her she was hearing, I don't care, this is unimportant to me. What I'm saying is, honey, whatever you're in the mood for, I'm yeah, good. Right, right. So I, I started getting to the point where I'm like, how about this? When we're at the movie store, right back in the day. When you want to really watch Love Actually, say, hey, would you like to watch Love Actually or Benji? I'll go with Love Actually, right? Give me <laughs> yeah. two, give me one, your option and then something you know I don't want to watch, right? Good option. Um, yep. And then I'll be happy to do it. Or just say, hey, I'd really like to watch this movie. Would you like to watch it with me tonight? Or did you have something else in mind? And once I, I kind of evolved over that and I could get that conversation flowing that way, it became a little bit more back and forth but the whole concept to me was like i don't mind you know what whatever you're in the mood mm -hmm. for but if you're asking me do you want to watch top gun tonight or love actually <laughs> bring maverick on right where's yeah. goose yeah. and then they're like oh well i really wanted to watch love actually why didn't you just say that well right. no i don't want you to and then there's just everybody's trying to do the give and take and every, I, I just prefer to you know shoot me straight what do you want to watch tonight and that we don't have to play the waffle game we don't have to play the yeah you know, what's your and if i really am against it i'll tell you nah nah right. that's not for me and I, I, well, I, communication man yeah I, I used to tell my, i told my wife when i met her i said hey I said, I have a lot of stuff going on in my head. I said, I don't need you to drop hints. I right. said, there's a problem, say it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Don't yeah. sit around me just breathing heavy and hoping I figure things out. <laughs> I'm not. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I need you to give me something. I said, because then if I know, I can react on it. You know, if I don't know, right. then you can't just hold me as being an asshole because I didn't take your deep breaths. Right. So here's, here's the thing. What we're talking about, Berkman measures this. It's a, it's a tension of opposite behaviors and needs so and it's around one-to-one -one communication that's what we're all talking about so on the one side of that scale is it, when it, in terms of the need it's give it to me straight you all just said it perfectly give it to me straight don't make me guess mm -hmm. and on the other side of that is hey I need you to be a little softer to me you know respect the relationship respect my feelings respect my uh, my own you know ask me what I'm thinking what I'm feeling so your wife comes at you kind of indirectly. That's the direct versus indirect, right? You want direct. She says, hey, I'm kind of thinking we'd go to the movies tonight. What do you think? And you're like, mm, I don't know. Is this a trick question? Right? <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so the underlying need is I need to have it straight. And actually 10 of the, about 10% of the population need, has that need. Most people, most people need people to be a little less direct than they are in their own behavior. So most people, your wife probably had it right from her own training, her own, the people she grew up with was, hey, come out a little, a little softer, open up the conversation, see where it goes. That's indirect communication. But it could be like, oh, I don't know what I'm in the mood for. It might have been, you know, what passed for smooth communication in her own childhood home or you know the way she, the, maybe the way she wants it is to say i don't know i could do this or this like what do you think and that what do you think is a relationship bit right it's, right. it's not like and, and and so for her that actually does equal you care about me for you what equals you care about me is hey man just give it to me straight so i don't have to guess them it 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 stresses me out to have to guess you know, I, I don't want it to be a relationship-ending moment because I can't pick the right movie. Right? You see the tensions there, right? Yeah. It's, like, mm -hmm. it's crazy. Both, both of them are the right way for that person. But by clearly enunciating your need like you did by just saying, hey, if you want to watch a movie, just tell me. I'm, you know, I'm open to anything. Um, that's enunciating your need. So I always say you have to, like, heed the need. Like, if it's chattering at you and it's making you stressed out, you say it, you speak it like an adult, and then, you know, read it, it's like, this is what it's making, you know, tell people what, how it's making you feel, and then you got to feed that need for both of you, and so 
she wants you to come at her softer, you got to figure out how to do that, and vice versa. If you need her to come at you more direct, it's like, you know, help me out here. I just need a little more straight talk. But that's the stuff that couples, <laughs> man, that's the yeah. stuff that couples have locked up on all day long. See, this is why, this, this proves to you God has a sense of humor. Because <laughs> yeah. he made men, he made women, he taught them French and taught us uh, Italian, and then he's like, now try to mingle. And it's so yeah. weird because it's like simple things. And how about when your wife starts, She what she's going to ask you is, can you take the garbage out? But it starts with a story. And then my my boys, my stepboys, and I will do the same thing to my wife. I just look at her and I go, if I were to fast forward this conversation, what would the last sentence of this sound like? Can you take out the garbage? Yes, thank you. And I'm there out the door. Go. It's funny how how irritable men get. And I I feel bad like I'm pissing out. Oh, I'm a woman. I can be irritable too. I don't mean to offend anybody, but it just it's funny how guys like just get to the point. What do you want me to do? Let me make your world better by just telling me what you want me to do. I don't need 30 minutes of you know, when my parents started this relationship. Uh, did you want me to wash the car? I'll wash the car. It's it's so strange to me, Chris, that that, that mental breakdown happens for us when really we all just want the same thing. But we have two different ways, and it's funny because it's it always seems like, as the guy, and because I can only speak as a guy, we have to be the ones to learn to soften or learn to accept this deal. And it's kind of like, well, at what point does the other part of this relationship realize? Well, I've been with this guy ten years. I know if I just get to the point, things are going to go a lot smoother. We'll get this done. But but it it, it doesn't go that way. Yeah, there's two things there though. Number one, uh, the needs aren't gender specific. In other words. It's, it's exactly dispersed across genders, both genders. It's not all guys need direct, all women need indirect. Right. It's not, it's not even all women are indirect and all guys are direct. It's exact, it, it, there's no gender bias at all. So that's number one, right? And, and, and I know you are generalizing because you're a guy and you're like, right. and, and you're in a room with another guy who's saying the same thing. And so... <laughs> and I also understand that. you're an author trying to sell to women, so you've got to <laughs> you've got to play that devil's advocate too. So, Chris, oh, no, you no, just no, straddle this on... straddle the fence, my friend. I get where you're going. It's based on research. You can you can, you can try and cover your tracks all you want. To. No, but, I, like... I got 35 years of research and two failed marriages to tell you I'm not oh, doing so good in it so far. You know, the funny thing is when my my marriage went south because my wife had a had some mental health challenges, everything changed. But I read 100 books, Tom, and I'll tell you what, and 100, 100 of those books, every author was there touting their own bias. So oh, at yeah. the end of reading 100 books, I was no closer to the truth. Right. When I stumbled across Berkman, and it was like, wow, this is, this is empirical research. This is scientifically validated. I'll take it, because I'm so sick of hearing people's opinion. Like, just give, just to me, just give me the facts is, Give me the research-based facts about me and my partner, then I'll figure it out. But the, where you landed was, you know, after 10 years, don't you think you could figure each other out? And I think it's because as kids, we're taught to keep our mouth shut around our parents. We meet our parents' needs. We meet our caregivers' needs. Nobody ever says to you, hey, as a kid, would you like me to talk to you directly or would you like to come at you a little more softly and directly? Nobody ever says that. We don't even know we have needs until we're in this relationship and your wife is telling you, you know, a, a 10 minute story to ask you to take out the trash. Now, you know, you got a need. You're like, where does this end? I'll do whatever you tell you. Just ask a question, please. Right. right. Did they teach you this in Guantanamo Bay? Just get to the point. Yeah. I got to ask a question here. Or actually I got to make a statement because I'm the elder in the group here. And I, Chris, I don't know how old you are, but I'm sure I'm older than you. I will tell you something that does happen in, in, in your brain as time goes by. And I, I'll go back because I'm actually 70 years old now. Okay. So I'm going to go back 15 years. So I'm 55 years old. And um, I look at the clock. And when you're 55, you do one thing. You look at how long does the average person live in America? <laughs> you start checking that out, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. You do. I mean, you I'm 54 and a half, and I'm doing it every day. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. And it, the answer is 74, okay? So basically, once I turned 55 and I went, and this was big for me, Chris. It was a big, big thing for me. I went, well, if I've only got 19 years left with this woman, why don't I make the best of it? I mean, she's a wonderful person, all the rest of it. And I literally got so serious as to say, 
the clock says or the calendar says that I'm never going to see her again in another 19 years. It makes you enjoy those minutes so much more, Chris, at least me. I don't know about everybody else, but I every moment I spend with her now is very, very special to me because I know I don't have much more time. Look, let's say I do live to be 90. That's still only 20 more years. I don't want to not see Catherine 20 years from now. It pisses me off, right? And now all I can hear is Meatloaf's lyric in the back of my head going, and now I'm praying for the end of time. <laughs> no, you're, you're terrible. No, no, not for you, but I just it's funny you're hearing that dichotomy, right? Being. But does that make sense to you, Chris, that, that people need to look at what life is all about? Let's say you live to be 100. 100 is nothing. It's not even a blink of an eye in the universe. Why can't we understand we've only got a short time together? Could we just enjoy it? Does that make sense? If Catherine was still talking and hadn't asked you to take out the trash yet, would you still feel the same way? I would, because I adore that. I'm not kidding you, Chris. I love her more every day. I really do. It's amazing. I get that. I get that. And God, I, I hope I our wives aren't listening to this, Adrian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this bar is way too high. <laughs> what were you saying, Chris? No, I think it's one of the, one of the, um, that the frame of reference of time is a marvelous way to help couples yes. back, back up a little bit. And whatever you can do, by the way, to back up and back away from a fight and just see it for what it is, it's just a moment in time. That kind of uh, putting things in perspective, it's, I mean, it's exactly what I'm out here selling people, this report of how to avoid the biggest mistakes. It's, it's you know, what's the perspective? The perspective is this is your partner. This is the person you love. Why would mm-hmm. you make yep. that big mistake with them? Um, and you're doing the same thing. It's like, boy, I've only got such a short time to live on this planet. Let's make the best of it. Right. So, you know, why why go someplace that's going to cause problems? But, yeah, it's, it's a wonderful way of looking at all of life, actually, is, you know, yep. yeah, we I was going to say, because I feel like that, and just because I don't know how much time I have. Yeah, you don't. Nobody you know I mean? knows. It like, could be tomorrow. Yeah. So it's just like every moment, like, what if we don't wake up tomorrow? You know what I mean? So it's just bless you. Bless you. Tom might not. What is that sneeze? That the doesn't dusty, sound good. D- dusty Dave over here. Yeah. Might, might be seventy-one, right? That's there. right. <laughs> yeah, it might be. Yeah, it'll be seventy-one. You know what? I think November. people don't look at the bigger picture. Is Why? because it's so far out, and most people are a very right now. Yeah, and I need to right be now, right. That is true. I need to be right right now. Yeah, that's true. And you're right. This won't matter ten years from now, five years from now, maybe a week from now, but right now. I need to be right. And I think that's a problem. People don't take that breath. I've tried to do that with my kids. You know, as a parent, right? Andy comes to you and he's like, Dad, can I go here? No. Why? Because I said no. And then five minutes later, you're like, why the fuck did I say no? There's no reason he shouldn't do that. Go do it. Go do it. Right? And So I've always been the kind to go back in the kids' room and go, I have no clue why I told you no, nor do I have any clue why I told you because I said no. So go ahead and go. Be careful. Call me when you get there and call me when you leave. So sometimes if we get back into that moment of realizing this isn't that important right now, right? Which, yeah, Chris, yeah. is what you're talking about. We've got to become more aware of the moment instead of if, – if you're looking at, yeah, right, we may only have five years, 20 years, 50 years left together. I right. want to enjoy it all. Right. To some people, they can't see that bigger picture. And, Adrian, on really? the other side, you're like, I may not be here tomorrow. Right. So right. I think that's right. what people have to focus on is would, would this matter tomorrow if I drop dead? Right. Is this I, how I, I want to go out? Yeah, it's funny. I listen to everything through the ears of behavior because the assertiveness is – people who are highly assertive like to make decisions unilaterally. So somewhere inside of you, there's – and you're a radio guy, so you're talking on the phone all the time, you know, asserting yourself. So there is a highly assertive person in there. Um, if you're, and so if people ask you any question, you'll, you'll be likely to assert first. But there's, there seems to be some wisdom of age happening there. I'll give you that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You know, Dave and Chris, you get along. You guys should have lunch. We should do a radio show together. <laughs> do a radio show together. Chris, Two sides to, of love. <laughs> Chris, you need to come back again sometime because I love talking to you anyway. You're, you're right on the money. I agree with every damn thing you say. And the next time you're on, we're going to talk about the fact that I don't know where I got this, but I planned my life out. I knew what I wanted to do, when I wanted to do it. I waited. I, I'll give you an example. I, you know, this is true. Um, I did not have sex till I was 22. And the reason I didn't is because I could not afford, I grew up very poor. And if I had had a child when I was 16, 17, 18, I would have never made it out of there. 
So I want to talk to you about how did I even know to do that? Because I just thought that's what everybody did. I, I wanted to get married after I was 30. I got married when I was 32. Now, was it a lot of that luck, do you think, Chris? Or did I, was I just steadfast in my, in, in my thoughts in my head going, I'm not going to do this before I'm 22. I'm not going to do this before I'm 30. Uh, and that's why I look at, hey, you know, on average, I'll probably live another somewhere between four and 20 years. Let's make the best of it. So next time you come on, I want to talk about what's wrong with my brain, Chris. What do you think? Well, yeah, I, I think I think you were born with wisdom. I don't think there's anything wrong because most people are so compelled by their biology. Yeah, yeah, they are. Um, yeah, and I grew up with Tom. I, I I don't have the same exact experience, but I had pretty similar um, in the sense that I, I knew that if I went there, I was going to end up with a kid, and and yes. and yep. yeah, didn't want to hear that. Yeah, that's exactly it. So please do come back soon, will you, Chris? And by the way, you can get a hold of Chris at coupleswhisperer.com. By the way, it's a report for the audience you were talking about, how to survive the 22 pairs of opposite behaviors that can tear your relationship apart. They can uh, reach out to you in many, many ways, correct, Chris? That is true. Yeah, it's been my pleasure, Tom. Oh, God. It's, I love talking to you because you make so much sense. But please do come back soon, and we'll talk about other things that I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> I think that will be really, really a good thing. Thank you, sir. Look forward to it. Take care. You too. Bye. Chris Shaver, ladies and gentlemen. I think a very, very smart man. I mean, Dave and he Why, because he agreed with you? you? <laughs> no, no, because he didn't agree with you. <laughs> I'm with Dave. I was just playing devil's advocate. Right. But I get it. He's selling a book, and he's got a, he's got a purpose on no, it. I, I just see I that, that in, you know, it, and it's interesting. I, I do appreciate when you say these things, and they do make me think a lot when I go back home and how I approach things with, with my wife. And it's great to see that there's somebody that has this kind of love because I don't think there's a lot of people that spend the time – considering the relationship like you do and that's the big problem with a lot of relationships and i do think people get married for convenience and they get married because they don't want to be alone i agree and they they believe this is love at the moment Mm -hmm. and then realize some people have a different definition of love i've told people i love that now that i feel like i i know what real love is i'm like i'm sorry i ever said that to you yeah Mm -hmm. i know but at the time I loved you the best I knew how. Mm-hmm. Right What's or wrong? love got to do with it? It's just a secondhand emotion. <laughs> uh, we got to take a very quick break. And either going into or coming out of the break, uh, every other guy in this room can say, you know, well, Andy won't because he's my son, but the two of you, as we go into break, you can say it because I can hear you thinking it. Yeah, you waited to have sex here at 22 because they were all lined up before that. I can hear you thinking. Not at all. I wouldn't. Look at I him. mean, you couldn't have been my friend, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wouldn't want to have sex with you. No. Anyway, we'll be right back Racist. in a couple of minutes and wrap things up. <laughs> Tom here for Shift Real Estate. Last year, about this time when we were making plans for Key West, I met the folks from Shift Real Estate. And when I heard the Shift story, it made sense to me. It made sense to my kids, and it makes sense to pretty much everybody that's heard about them. Shift Real Estate saves home sellers thousands of dollars on real estate fees. How do they do it? Shift lists for a flat fee of $5,000. You work with a full-time salaried agent. They take professional photos and videos of your home, list it on the MLS, and market your home online, all for a $5,000 flat fee. Call Shift Real Estate and tell them about your home. Tell them that you heard me talking about it, and they will tell you how you can save $10,000 or more when you list with Shift. It's the common sense way to sell your home. Visit Shift2Sell.com. That's Shift, the number two, Sell.com. Because life is expensive enough. And we are back with Stretch's Picks. You know, Tom, uh, there's a lot of analysis that goes into these picks. Yeah. And uh, I highly recommend betting, of course. I always recommend betting. Yeah, absolutely. So who's winning this thing? The kitties, the pack, the bears, or the purple? None of the above. Those are all the teams in the division. I know that. Well, who's your pick? I'm going with Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. What? It's not a football team. I know, but it's a hell of an HVAC company. They do the most thorough system tune-up in the industry. Sabre is one of the largest Bryant dealers in the state, which means you save. Yep, I'm going with Sabre, Sabre and Bryant, doing whatever it takes to keep you comfortable. It's also the smartest time to call and schedule your furnace tune-up with Sabre. Get the most thorough tune-up in the industry from the people who keep my home comfortable. Oh, uh, one more thing, Tom. What's that? Visit SabreHeating.com. 
Tom here for Continuum Weight and Well-Being. If you were like me and constantly finding yourself in weight loss mode, I have great news. Continuum is here. It's new and they're doing it differently. There are no meal replacements or foods you're required to purchase. They specialize in customizing meal plans for you using all whole nutritious foods. They don't just focus on weight loss. They are upfront with their pricing. And most importantly, Continuum is designed for long-term success. Schedule a free consultation. Find out more today. Simply go to their website, Continuum Weight weightwellbeing.com or call or text them at 952-491-6527 and catch the Continuum team on my podcast on Thursdays, 11.15 a.m. I've learned so much from them, and I know you will too. Continuum Weight and Wellbeing Life Beyond Weight Loss Mode. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Got the, I tell you, Chris has got my brain whirring over here. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> When I went to went to uh, junior high school, three of my friends and their girlfriends, they are all 16 years old because we're in junior high school, right? Junior high school, ninth grade, 10th grade, whatever it was. I was going to say, that's high school. Yeah, that is high school. Mm-hmm. You're right. 16 so must... and junior high school, you failed a few. <laughs> or you so, just yep, really yep. wanted to do well and you stayed in for another <laughs> round or Practice two. Practice makes perfect. Yeah. <laughs> but they were all 16, so you're right. I think we had left ninth, ninth grade and gone on to high school. And three the three guys... Uh, every one of them got their girlfriend pregnant at 16. All mm-hmm. six people were 16 years old. All three wow. got pregnant at 16. All three of the men died before they turned 40. All three of them. Damn. Well, that's what that will do to you. I'm well, some I, people I can know. do I it. I became a father at 15, and I'm still kicking. But that's what I'm saying. Some people can do it, and others cannot. Kicking? What do you, don't you have like 75 kids? Yeah, and I'm still kicking. <laughs> that's <my point. laughs> that's what I'm, saying. I'm doing it more out of spite than anything else. I'm going to live long enough. Well, they'll be happy to hear you that. You don't get a penny because I'm going to live through. I'm spending it all. You know what's yeah. funny? Talking about relationships, you know, we were talking off air, and I don't want to get into personal stuff, but you – we. We want signs that we're on the right path. Right. But what are we willing to step over and, and look past, right? There's a great scene. Do you remember the movie The Man with Two Brains with yeah. uh, Steve yep. Martin? Yep. Great comedy bit, right? Mm-hmm. And in once his, his wife has passed away, he's trying to find love and move on, and he meets Kathleen Turner's character, and he decides he's going to propose to her, and he goes home, and he's standing in front of the fireplace, and he's got this gorgeous painting of his ex-wife, his deceased wife on the wall, and he goes, <clears throat> Honey, I'm about to take the next step in my life, and I just... I. I want to know that you're okay with this, you know, and that this is the right thing for me. And the picture starts spinning and wind starts blowing and shit's flying off the shelves. And you hear, no, no, no. And then it all stops and his hair's all askew and everything's a mess. And he goes, and until I get that message, I'm just going to put this portrait in the closet. Right? We overlook, we, we overlook the... The signs, yeah, right, and I think they're that's right a, there, right. And sometimes you just have to stop overlooking signs and be realistic and and realize these are commitments you're making that should last a lifetime. Right. And like you, Tom, you waited, you made the right decisions, but not a lot of people do that. We all feel pressure at different spots in our life, right? I waited to get married till I was thirty. And I only got married because I felt like, oh, shit, all my friends are married, and I don't even get invited over anymore because everybody's <laughs> right. coupled up. Right. So I settled right. and and felt like, well, this is the the stage Thing in my it, life yep. I should do this. Yep. She should be happy to hear that he settled. Well, huh? We're not together anymore. <laughs> she left me for another guy that she was cheating on me with. So I was yeah, right I all along. I should have just not settled. Um, there you but go. But that's that's kind of the situation. We need to learn to look yeah. for signs and and pay attention. Although I do no have doubt. to laugh when Chris was on, and I didn't. And I'm sure, Adrian, I, I could hear it in your brain when he goes, oh, no, but mine was different. My wife had a mental condition. What guy that hasn't left his wife hasn't <laughs> said she was mental? <laughs> he was just saying it in a more clinical way, right? Very much so. Yeah, it was like, but there was a difference in my divorce because she was mental. Right? Yeah. But, yeah, and, and that's I've waited until I was 35 to get married. I'd never yeah. been married before, you know yeah. what I mean? And me and my wife eight years apart. We had both been through something. And this, I always said, like, I don't ever want to do it unless I know I can give it like everything I have. Exactly. You know what I mean? I had That's two kids, smart. previous relationships, you know what I mean? But I've never been engaged or nothing. My wife is, that was it. I got very, very lucky because I made my plans when I was like, well. Yeah, you're weird, Tom. I am a very weird person, there's no doubt. Well, Andy and my son sitting right there, I named him when I was 16 years old. So I named But you him. didn't have sex. Not exactly. But, but in I, his promise in book, my, he was writing. I wrote that. Flipping out the wedding pictures. I told Catherine when I met her and we decided we we're going to be together as a couple, I said, 
if we ever have a son, I want to name him Andy because my best friend in the world's name is Andy Fisher. And I wow. love the guy. And, I mean, that the time I was 16, I knew that my son would be named Andy. Damn, and there damn. he is. Be thankful your dad's best friend was not Gaylord. Gaylord! Gaylord Bernard. That's a great name. Beelzebub that's Bernard. Pretty, that's pretty crazy, man. Yeah. That's uh, that's unique. Like, I've never, like, especially knowing, like, how you grew up and where you grew up and stuff and just kind of kick back. Like, cause, I mean, shit. I had my kid at 19, and he didn't even have a name for three days. He was yeah, just well, baby know. Washington. But, but had, had you planned on having a child? I kind of did because I kinda felt like okay. I was. Because he didn't pull out. <laughs> oh, that's nice. <laughs> you know nice. what? Though my kid, like my oldest son, Markel's twenty six now. He'll be twenty seven this summer. And, like he like probably saved my life. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yep, when I, I had him, I was just like, this is not just about me no more. Like this is I'm locked in on this kid. Like this is gonna be what a lot of my decisions are made about. And. Sure enough, he was my best man at my wedding and everything. So. God, how great is that? Now, do you remember when your first child was born, when Andy was born? I do remember he's born, and we didn't know he was a boy or a girl until he was born. Same. And so he was born, and they handed it to me. And it's the second I held him, and it could have been our daughter Alex born first, not that he was a boy, but I held him. I went, my God, my mother loved me this much? It impressed upon me. My mother must have loved me just like this because it was overwhelming. Yeah. How much I love that little kid. Yeah. No, not so much, but you know. <laughs> Isn't it funny when you have one kid, you think when the second one's coming, you're like, God, this is so unfair to this child because yeah. there's no way I could love another kid <laughs> like That's I love this kid. I felt so cool. bad when my second kid was coming because I felt that. I'm like, you gave it all to the I can't. How do you yeah. do this? How do you possibly? And then so that great. kid, you're holding him in your hand and you're like, oh, I love you as much. I felt, I felt like that about my kids. And then That's I got true. a dog two years ago. And I, was, oh, see, <laughs> yeah. I was like, I don't know what I think about the kids no more. Right, exactly. <laughs> No, I think it's a great lesson to learn for people. And that's the one thing about everybody in their crabby bullshit right now, complaining about everything. Everything's wrong and everything sucks. When you look at a loved one and go, well, that doesn't suck. I have a great life. I'm a lucky son bitch, you know? Yeah, and, and a lot of times, man, like kids, uh, my kids for sure, even when they piss me off, you know what I mean? I'm just like, mm-hmm. I still get to figure it out. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? I get to figure it out. And I know it's not going to last. Like, we just, like, I love, that's what I tell everybody. That's my balance. Like, for me to be gone away from home after 6 p.m., it's got to be something pretty important. You yeah. know what I mean? Other yeah. than that, that's, like, our family time. We have dinner at the kitchen table. Like, that's what we do. You yep. know, so. Yep. See, and I live in the bitter side. So I tell my children I'm going to live to be 100 just so I can watch their kids torture them <laughs> yeah. as much well, as they've tortured go. me. I mean, I'm living I in a cynicistic see you more world. <laughs> Oh, we got to wrap it up. My God, it's already almost one thirty. In any case, that was a great show, Adrian. Thank you so much for coming down. Thank you guys so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Dave, I love your shirt, man. Mickey Mouse with the man. Adrian, thanks for coming down and making it such a great show. Dave, I love your shirt. You're not the greatest. I was making it. At least I like your shirt. You're welcome to my world, folks. This is it. I like your shirt a lot, Dave. You know that Dave Schrader? There's one thing I can say about him. Got a great shirt. He never disappoints with the shirts. All right. I'm going. Thanks, Tommy. Talk to you later. <laughs>